Welcome to the Family Bible Journey. If you're interested in seeing how the journaling that we mentioned in the podcast works, check out our website at familybiblejourney.com or look for us on Facebook and Instagram. When you see the logo, you found our page and you will see lots of posts that we update regularly from the podcast Journal Bible. Thanks for listening. This is episode 12, season 1 of the Family Bible Journey Old Testament podcast. Today, looking at Genesis chapter 16. The title of today's podcast is Taking Matters into Your Own Hands. And our key verses for today are Genesis chapter 16, verses 1 to 4. Now, Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. She had a female servant named Hagar. And Sarai said to Abram, Behold, now the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Go into my servant. It may be that I shall obtain children by her. And Abram listened to the voice of Sarai. So after Abram had lived ten years in the land of Canaan, Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar the Egyptian, her servant, and gave her to Abram, her husband, as a wife. And he went into Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, she looked with contempt on her mistress. This is the word of the Lord. So after a few chapters where there was nothing but highs for Abram in his relationship with God, We see in chapter 16, for those of you who are following along with the highs and the lows, a low chapter in Abram's relationship with God. Not because God had changed, but because Abram and Sarai, having heard this promise from God that Abram is going to be the father of multitudes, decide that they are going to take matters into their own hands. Abram and Sarai are childless. Sarai, it appears, is barren. She is well past the age of childbearing, and yet she is not given Abram a male heir, or any heir for that matter. And so Sarai concocts this plan, and she offers her Egyptian maidservant Hagar to Abram as a wife so that maybe Abram will be able to have a child and an heir by Hagar, who is Sarai's servant. Hagar and Abram apparently go along with the plan because that is exactly what happens. Sarai gave her maidservant to Abram, he sleeps with her, and she becomes pregnant. Now, I want to point out again, as we've pointed out before, and we're going to point out many more times throughout the course of this podcast, that any time God's gift of human sexuality is taken out of the context of natural marriage as we see it there, instituted in the Garden of Eden between one man and one woman, there is going to be problems. Now, this was a common practice in that day and age where the servants of the wives would often become concubines to their masters, but this is far less than God's design for human relationship. These slaves did not have the same social protections. They did not have the same social or legal standing as their owners. And so this happening in ancient times is an abuse of the servants that God had given to his people. I think it's good for us to think of slaves at this point in time more as employees than as slaves because they did live in the family and they had the status of a member of the family, but when those relationships went out of God's bounds for them, it always caused trouble, as is the case right here in this chapter. Because as soon as Hagar conceives by Abram, Sarai completely changes her mind. It begins to despise and look down. She becomes envious and jealous of Hagar and begins to treat her with hatred and contempt. And she gets so frustrated with the situation that she goes to Abram and says, you deal with it. Abram, this is your fault. Never mind that Sarai was the one who came up with this plan and who thought that it was a good idea in the first place. And Abram, for his part, says, she's your servant. Do with her whatever you want. And at that word, Sarai then casts Hagar out of the family. Now, there are consequences, friends, any time that we step outside of God's will. And especially when it comes to the gift of human sexuality, 
the wounds, the misgivings, the hurts, the harms, the breaches of relationship are deep and they are long lasting. And this family at this point in time is broken for this sin. Abram, Sarai, and Hagar are suffering the consequences for their own sinful choices. Was it a good thing for them to want to have an heir for Abram? Yes. Did they think maybe even that they were following God's plan for their lives? I don't know, but it is clear that they are not living in accordance with God's will. And I do have one of those words of wisdom sections for those of you who are journaling with me through the Bible, and it defines true righteousness. So in the podcast study Bible, I have W-O-W, true righteousness. And there are three things that it takes for a choice or a decision to be truly righteous. One, you have to do the right thing. Two, you have to do it the right way. And three, you have to do it for the right reasons. So in order for something to be truly righteous, you must do the right thing, the right way, and for the right reasons. Anything less than that is not true righteousness. And even if these characters thought that they were carrying out God's plan for Abram, this was not his will because it parted from his definition and his design for human sexuality and marriage. And so they're all suffering. But even though they're all suffering and Hagar now is cast out into the desert by herself, left alone, we see that the angel of the Lord appears to her. And this is good news for us as God's people. Because even though Hagar is not Abram's natural wife, and even though she is suffering the consequences for sin, including her own sin, for sleeping with her master, even if it was at the design and at the request of her mistress, God comes to her in her grief and in her loneliness and speaks to her. And so we take a look at the passage beginning in verse 8. The angel says, Hagar, servant of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? She said, I'm fleeing from my mistress Sarai. The angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit to her. The angel of the Lord also said to her, I will surely multiply your offspring so that they cannot be numbered for multitude. And the angel of the Lord gives her a blessing. He says, Behold, you are pregnant, and you shall bear a son, and you shall call his name Ishmael, because the Lord has listened to your affliction. He shall be a wild donkey of a man in his hand against everyone, and everyone's hand against him, and he shall dwell over and against all his kinsmen. And Hagar, after the angel leaves, calls God the God of seeing. And we're told that she names that well where she met the angel Lord, Be'ir Lahat Roy. And that last part of that Hebrew word, Roy, what it means is sees. This is the God who sees. And in particular, what Hagar is saying is that this is the God who sees me. She felt totally abandoned and completely alone, and yet God sought her out. He knew the hurt of her soul. He knew how desperate she was for love and affection. He knew her confusion for being punished for doing exactly what her mistress had told her. And I'm sure that that made sense to her at some level, but she certainly did not go forward with this thinking that she would be cast out of the family. And yet when God appeared to her, God met her where she was. He addressed her fears. He encouraged her to go back and promise to bless her and to bless her son. And so she leaves that well with her faith completely reassured and affirmed because God thought enough of her that he met her in her darkness, that he met her in her deepest woe, and he answers her prayers as only he can. Now, we don't know what the family life of Abram looks like here for about the next decade or so, but we do know that Sarai welcomes Hagar back, and that when Ishmael is born, Abram names him as directed by the Lord. And so this first natural-born son of Abram, Ishmael, is, according to the Quran, the father of the Arabic people to this day. 
And so the patriarch Aaron is going to father many nations, God told him. The first of these nations coming through Ishmael, who although Abram's natural-born son, is not the son of Sarah and therefore not the son of promise. And there are many people who are going to point at this passage and they're going to see in this passage the birth of Ishmael and the family feud between Sarah and Hagar, the roots of much of the violence that is in the Middle East to this day. And while I believe that is at least partially true, and this blessing that God gave to Hagar, that her son is going to be opposed to all around him and that all around him are going to be opposed to her son. We recognize that in that conflict and in these conflicted relationships, we don't see some superseding conflict between nations and peoples, but rather we are seeing more consequences and more symptoms of sinful choices of God's people that are going to impact the coming generations. God loves Ishmael. God blesses Ishmael. God loves Hagar. He loves Sarah. He loves Abraham. He loves everyone in the story. Because of their foolishness, because they decided to take matters into their own hands, there are going to be consequences that are going to play out over many generations, and we're going to see this in the coming pages of Holy Scripture, as there is going to be continual warring and continuing conflict between the descendants of Ishmael and, when he comes into the story, the descendants of Isaac. But we leave this passage reassured that God is still here for his people, that he loves everyone that is involved, that he's giving blessings to everyone who was involved, especially Hagar and Ishmael in this passage, and that his promises are going to continue to endure and he is going to continue to bless this family, bless Abram, his wives, everyone in his circle, not because they are so awesome and not because they don't get things confused and go about things the wrong way, but rather because he is awesome and because he is going to use even their mistakes to accomplish his purpose and the blessing of many people. And so we leave this chapter thanking the Lord for his goodness to them because his goodness to them is also his goodness to us. If you appreciate this podcast as a part of your daily routine and would like to become a monthly sponsor so that others are blessed as you are by the podcast, go to familybiblejourney.com to learn more. Sponsorships are tax deductible and cover our operating expenses like hosting and the services that make this podcast work. Our blessing for today. May the Lord who looked after Hagar look after you and comfort you with his love when you've been cast off by others. Amen.